welcome you to CCL's training program. It's a weekly webinar of Citizens Climate Lobbies that provides CCL supporters like you and I with access to in-depth training opportunities on topics related to climate change and effective climate advocacy. I'm your host, Brett Cease, and tonight we're gonna dive into global carbon pricing updates, both progress and prospects. We're gonna be joined by CCL superstar volunteer and economist, Jonathan Marshall, for a training that will review what is going on around the world in other countries and subnational governments in terms of carbon pricing and the latest. Jonathan will review some recent innovations, recommendations on what other countries are learning from the best available designs and how these lessons can apply to our own advocacy here in the United States. So let me introduce my friend and our dear speaker tonight, Jonathan, a little bit of background about Jonathan. Jonathan Marshall is a journalist, scholar, and book author. He's received economics training from Stanford University and was economics editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Jonathan joined CCL staff in 2022 as our economics research coordinator and co-leader of the Nerd Corner Action Team, which I'm guessing around the room is something that many of you have partaken in. It's so great to see so many friendly faces here on the line. And if you're new tonight and haven't checked it out, we'll put a link to that in the chat. In addition, as a volunteer and staffer, Jonathan has written several major white papers on the economics of carbon pricing available on the Nerd Corner site and throughout the CCL community. So you can specifically see tonight why we are so excited to have Jonathan speak to this wonderful topic. Now with that, I am going to pass it to you, Jonathan, and we'll go from there. Well, thanks so much, Brett, and thank you all for uh, joining us uh, this afternoon or early evening. It's, it's great to have you all here, and I look forward to a, a discussion after this presentation. Well, almost from its inception, CCL made carbon fee and dividend the focus of its lobbying efforts. It's still at the top of our agenda. But given the years we've put into this project, it's sometimes easy to get discouraged. The purpose of this training is to help you appreciate the remarkable global progress of carbon pricing and inform you, your efforts to enact it here at home. Uh, I have three specific goals in mind for this training, to remind you why carbon pricing is more important than ever as a policy tool for climate mitigation, to explore what factors build support for it, and to help you better understand that we aren't alone in this campaign. Passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA, in 2022 was a landmark victory for the climate movement in the United States, but it represented only the start of what must become a more sustained and rigorous set of national and global policies to eliminate deadly greenhouse gas pollution. Projections by major climate policy modelers show consistently that the IRA will fall at least 10 percentage points short of meeting America's commitment to cut greenhouse gas emissions in half by 2030 relative to 2005. To get us where we need to go, the next big step for US policy should be to make climate polluters pay. Experts today estimate that every ton of carbon dioxide dumped into the atmosphere by the burning of fossil fuels costs society at least $190 a number that adds up quickly when billions of tons are involved. Meanwhile, study after study lends support to the conclusion of more than 3,600 US economists 
that imposing a carbon tax to end this free ride for fossil fuel pollution, quote, offers the most cost-effective lever to reduce carbon emissions at the scale and speed that is necessary. Indeed, climate policy models summarized by the blue wedge in this figure show that enacting a fee or price on carbon emissions on top of the IRA could meet US objectives by 2030. Other policies like permitting reform and rapid electrification of buildings would help too. Confirmation of that conclusion came in a 2022 study by the Electric Power Research Institute and Oak Ridge National Laboratory. It projected emissions in a high electrification scenario shown in the figure at left, which reflected the impact of IRA type incentives for clean electricity. You can see uh, emissions going down there. It then projected emissions with a modest carbon tax added on top shown at right. It concluded that a carbon tax of just $50 per ton of CO2 in 2025, rising 7% annually, would supercharge the decline in harmful emissions, slashing them more than 50% by 2050. It would also greatly improve air quality. The reason is simple but really important. The IRA's subsidies tilt the playing field in favor of cleaner wind, solar, and nuclear generation but they don't drive fossil fuels out of the market. Indeed, they perversely penalize energy efficiency by making all energy cheaper. It takes a carbon price on greenhouse gas pollution to really accelerate the replacement of fossil fuels with clean energy throughout the economy. And by treating all technologies neutrally, a carbon tax can reduce emissions at less cost than subsidies which may be mistargeted in certain circumstances and applications. Although Congress missed the opportunity to pass a carbon fee in 2022 by as little as one vote in the Senate, the IRA's climate provisions may help pave the way for national carbon pricing in the not too distant future. That's the conclusion one can draw from experts who cite evidence that the best way to build public support for a carbon fee is by starting with the carrots before the sticks. In 2015, the noted climate economist Jerno Wagner praised carbon pricing in the prestigious journal Nature, but deplored its limited adoption globally. He called for well-conceived subsidies akin to those in the IRA to create the right political environment. He wrote, quote, the current inadequacy of carbon pricing stems from a catch-22 policymakers are more likely to price carbon appropriately if it is cheaper to move onto a low carbon path. But reducing the cost of renewable energies requires investment and thus a carbon price. The best hope of ending this logjam rests with tuning policies to drive down the cost of renewable power sources even further and faster. Well, the IRA promises to do just that. As this chart from Resources for the Future shows, that bluish line on the bottom, shows it should induce a market drop in retail electricity prices. By lowering costs for clean energy, electric vehicles, heat pumps, and other low-carbon solutions, the IRA will pave the way for faster public acceptance of carbon pricing. Well, subsidies aren't the only available carrot to make carbon pricing more palatable. 
unlike virtually every other climate policy, carbon pricing generates vast amounts of revenue rather than costing taxpayers money. Spending that revenue on popular programs is a proven way to boost public support. Although public attitudes vary from country to country, a few broad generalizations emerge from extensive survey research across many countries. People above all want reassurances that carbon pricing policies are effective and fair. One way to boost confidence in their effectiveness is to earmark some of the revenue for clean energy programs. Another proven method is to provide even a few minutes of education about why economists believe carbon pricing by itself will motivate consumers and businesses throughout the economy to shift towards cleaner and greener solutions. As to fairness, nothing beats earmarking a significant portion of revenue back to individuals, either as an equal lump sum or targeted toward less fortunate households to take the sting out of higher fossil fuel prices. Making those payments highly visible will remind people on a frequent basis of how they can personally benefit from a carbon dividend if they reduce their dependence on fossil fuels. This chart from a 2022 studies, study shows a market jump of 10 percentage points or more in support for a carbon tax among individuals in the United States and Switzerland who received personal estimates of their carbon tax burdens and dividends at a low carbon tax of $50 per ton and a high carbon tax of $230 per ton of CO2. You can see, you have to look a little carefully there, but when you add the rebate, it jumps the support really a lot, as I say, 10 percentage points or more. CCL's long favored legislation, <laughs> the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act, would return virtually all of carbon fee revenues to individuals in the form of equal lump sums. Such a system would be far simpler to administer than one with means tests, yet it would provide strikingly progressive benefits to households at the lower end of the income spectrum. It certainly passes most fairness and equity tests. Indeed, the 3,600 US economists who endorse carbon taxes had this to say about carbon dividends, quote, to maximize the fairness and political viability of a rising carbon tax, all the revenue should be returned directly to US citizens through equal lump sum rebates. A 2020 study commissioned by, this, by CCL on the impact of a carbon fee and dividend on American households by income quintile, shown in this uh, chart, showed that most uh, households would become net beneficiaries. That is, they would receive more in dividends than they would pay in higher energy prices. Only the top fifth of households shown there on the right, which tend to have large carbon footprints, would experience modest additional net costs. Well, contrary to gloomy pundits who insist that the politics of carbon taxes are poisonous or hopeless, carbon pricing in the form of both taxes and emissions trading programs has been steadily expanding around the world, gaining new adherence, greater coverage, and increased intensity. Nearly a quarter of global carbon dioxide emissions are now covered by carbon pricing systems, up from just 7% a decade ago, according to the World Bank's recent annual survey 
State and Trends of Carbon Pricing 2023. As this figure shows, 73 countries or subnational jurisdictions were pricing carbon by early 2023, up from 68 in spring of 2022. Among those who joined their ranks were Austria, Indonesia, Mexico, and the state of Washington. Since then, the state of New York approved a major state carbon pricing program, and Japan finally approved a national emissions trading program, though it will not begin to bite for se several years. And here's what a world map of carbon pricing looks like today. There are big gaps in Africa, Russia, the Middle East, and South Asia, but most major US trading partners uh, now have it. And as you can see, an increasing number of states in, the, in our own country do as well. And many countries have also been raising their carbon prices, most notably Switzerland and Canada. Although the 2022 energy crisis did induce some countries like the UK to let their prices slide a bit. And most notably, the European Union's carbon price uh, actually exceeded $100 per ton in 2023 after languishing for many years at only a fifth of that level. That is a big deal. Prices are also rising markedly in California, the first US state to adopt carbon pricing. In recent auctions, prices have exceeded $30 per ton of CO2. And in the state of Washington, they're in, I think, the high 50s or low 60s. Well, the best summary measure of impact is global pricing, uh, carbon pricing revenues. And carbon pricing revenues roughly quintupled from 2014 to 2022 as carbon pricing coverage grew along with the effective price. Well, empirical studies confirm that all this carbon pricing around the world is making a difference. In one of the most notable cases, Great Britain slashed CO2 emissions in its power sector by 61%, just six years after it, in, after it introduced a modest carbon tax in 2013, as this figure shows. You can see that really steep drop in emissions. And a 2020 study of 142 countries over two decades found that countries that had a national carbon price in 2007, those are the ones shown with the black uh, triangles, experienced an average drop in CO2 emissions of 2% per year over the next 10 years, compared to 3% annual growth for countries without a carbon tax, those uh, little circles. That difference of 5% per year is huge. Well, as I previously noted, adoption of carbon pricing might accelerate if more governments combined it with the carrot of dividends to soften the financial impact on households. The World Bank reports that only about 10% of carbon pricing revenue worldwide is currently used to compensate individuals or businesses for the cost of transitioning to a low carbon world. But several countries are leading by example. Canada provides quarterly dividends to households under its national carbon tax, which took effect in 2019. These climate action incentive payments are tax-free and rise each year with carbon fee revenues. And you can see uh, some of the amounts here in uh, several of the provinces. 
Austria provided a climate bonus of 500 euros last year to every adult citizen from revenue raised by the country's tax of 30 euros per metric ton of carbon dioxide. Children got half that amount. Austria's carbon price will rise to 55 euros by 2025, and the bonus will rise accordingly. Other countries are also taking note of public support for using carbon pricing revenues to ensure an economically just transition to a cleaner and more sustainable world. In December of last year, Europe reached provisional agreement to create a social climate fund to help vulnerable groups afford rising energy prices as the EU moves to extend carbon pricing to transport and building fuels. This fund will directly help needy households and small businesses, as well as subsidizing investments in energy efficiency, building electrification, and other measures to help reduce fossil fuel costs. And last but not least, New York State's landmark Cap and Invest program, which passed in early 2023, aims to earmark a third of its program revenue for consumer and small business rebates akin to dividends. Well, support for initiatives like these comes from a 2023 study of German attitudes towards carbon pricing in the face of the huge run-up in energy prices in 2022, following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Those painful price increase increases could be expected to undermine public support for carbon pricing. But scholars found instead that about 60% of adults still supported a modest increase in Germany's carbon tax on the building and transportation sectors from 25 euros per ton in 2021 to 30 euros uh, in 2022, even as natural gas prices nearly double and residential electricity prices jumped about 19%. They also found a notable increase in support for carbon dividends to lower income households. Quote, to maintain strong public support for climate action, they concluded, policymakers compare stringent policies with visible compensation and adapt measures to external events that increase the vulnerability of households to high energy prices. Well, further reason for optimism comes from the European Union's decision to implement a carbon border adjustment mechanism. It aims to encourage non-EU countries to increase their climate ambition and ensure that the EU's climate mitigation policies are not undermined by production being relocated from the EU to countries with less ambitious policies. By making preferential access to the huge EU market contingent on countries adopting domestic carbon pricing, trading partners around the world have shown renewed attention to this policy solution. The EU's CBAM has stimulated carbon pricing initiatives in countries as diverse as Uruguay and Thailand. And more good news on this front comes from a recent paper published in Nature Climate Change with the app title, Global Benefits of the International Diffusion of Carbon Pricing Policies. The authors explain that, quote, domestic climate policies can show the feasibility, political feasibility and certain benefits of carbon pricing. And they can create incentives related to trade and diplomacy that can nudge other countries to adopt the same or similar policies. 
Going beyond traditional anecdotal studies, the authors conducted a systematic global analysis of the diffusion of carbon pricing policies from 1988 to 2021. They report, quote, robust and statistically significant evidence showing that the adoption of carbon pricing in one country can explain the subsequent adoption of carbon pricing in other countries. In short, as shown here, climate policy adoption in one country increases the probability of adoption in neighboring countries. Governments can thus support global climate action by adopting a leadership role in climate policy and do not need to worry about free riding behavior. Well, as you know, many US climate skeptics disparage policies to reduce emissions at home because they insist countries like China and India will just keep pouring carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, an issue that looms large in discussions of US foreign policy. But it appears instead that most countries, even China and India, seek to follow international norms. Good policies, in short, beget good policies, showing domestic leadership and strengthening international cooperation to reinforce that virtuous cycle should be a central goal of US climate policy. Well, it's all too easy to become depressed by the news about how quickly the earth is heating and how inadequate the global response has been. For all the progress I've discussed with carbon pricing, too few countries still have it, the, the coverage remains too spotty, and prices remain too low to have the required impact on emissions. But what's really significant and heartening is that solutions are within reach. Tremendous progress is being made in lowering costs for clean energy, efficient electric vehicles, heat pumps, energy storage, and other clean technologies. And just as important, the best available models show that politically realistic levels of carbon pricing could help save our world. A 2021 report by the Network for Greening the Financial System, representing 116 central banks and supervisors, concluded that a global average carbon price rising at quite reasonable uh, levels, ultimately to about $200 per ton of CO2, of CO2 over the next few decades, would help drive the world toward net zero emissions by 2050 and hold warming to bearable levels below two degrees centigrade. As the cost of climate-driven disasters soars, it's harder than ever to dispute the report's conclusions that, quote, immediate coordinated transition will be less costly than inaction in the long run, and that business as usual will lead to the strongest negative impacts on GDP. The bottom line, as we've long known, is that pricing carbon to mitigate greenhouse gas pollution is a vitally important investment in our economy and our future, not a cost to be avoided. We simply can't afford to give up now. There are some uh, places you can turn to for more information about carbon pricing uh, policy and CCL's resource pages and Nerd Corner's policy and economics uh, page, which I hope you'll check out. And I'd love to. Uh, see where our discussion takes us and try to answer some of your questions. Well, before anything else, just a huge round of applause for you, Jonathan, from all of us. Thank you so much. That was 
just a really succinct, wonderful primer for anyone that is needing a little shot in the arm and a reminder of not only why what we're doing here domestically is so important, but also really being inspired by what's happening around the larger world and having that hope about designs that we can bring back here. If you want to get credit as well for being here tonight, we always love getting that chance to make sure that you are logging your trainings for our own grant making and uh, success in just highlighting the impact that we're having across the board. And lastly, if you have any thoughts or questions after tonight, please use our forums. It's just cclusa.org forward slash forums. We'd also love for you to be able to share. We are going to unmute all lines so that we can thank our dear friend and presenter tonight, Jonathan, for this amazing work. I'll stay on if anyone has any final comments or questions, uh, but we're at the end of the uh, webinar. So thank you all so much for being here tonight. Continue to do the inspiring work that each and every one of you are doing, and we can't wait to hear all about it. Thank you, everyone. Thank you all for joining. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.